What is up, everybody? Hey, welcome back to the V-Twin Life. We got Milepost 49 with Mr. HD Vibe. Thank all you guys for coming on. Got to give a big thank you to Crashing Clothing, one of the sponsors that came on early on in the V-Twin Life. You can find them at crashinclothing.com and at crashinc underscore, or actually crash underscore inc on Instagram. Brad Columbus came in on early. We built a great friendship. His continued support has just been awesome. And also... Wild Ass Seats, you can find them at wild-ass.com. You know, there's a lot of people that are really into the riding, pushing miles, and they want that extra added comfort. And I have put a few thousand miles on mine, and they are impressive. If you guys want to check them out, hey, feel free. We just want to give these guys their, their moment of fame. So, hey, let's dive into Milepost 49 with Mr. HD Vibe. What's going on, buddy? You know, just hanging out Sunday evening out here in the garage and uh, glad to be here. Thanks a lot, Denver. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I know it's, <laughs> tell you what, we'll let everybody else in on this. A half hour ago, I thought I was going to have to cancel this at last minute when getting stuff set up, coming out here when my wife could hear water spraying inside the walls. We done lost a freaking water pipe on the hot water heater. So I'm going to be playing with that when I'm done with this, but... You know, I guess it's just part of being a homeowner. And now we're going to enjoy this, and I'm not even going to worry about that. And we're going to we're going to talk some motorcycles and have some fun. Sounds good. Hey, what's up there, Mister Six Hundred Two North? So I guess let's you know start at the beginning for you. Is so uh, where did uh, where'd you get the bug when it came into motorcycles? Yeah, um, I don't know that I've ever really gone into this story on any of my uh, videos or any of the other streams that I've been on in the past, but, um, you know, motorcycles for me started probably when I was nine or 10 years old. Um, at the time I was living in just outside Omaha, Nebraska. And, uh, for whatever reason, my, uh, my dad bought me this little mini dirt bike, um, deal. And the guy, a buddy of mine at the time across the street had one and we just started tearing it up um in some of the empty fields i think we actually lived in millard nebraska just outside omaha and it was sort of a new new area and lots of open fields and dirt and we made a track and you know tore things up there and you know probably not the uh the safest i was actually um chatting with truck and biker um i think yesterday the day before and we were just talking about you know riding bikes as kids and some of the crazy stuff that we did and you know the the bike it didn't have a chain guard on it so i i have some scars on my left leg from uh chain flying off and hitting my leg and probably uh, not riding in the in the most safest uh manner so you know i i started there um and it was kind of strange nobody in my family immediate family really ever rode um, you know, motorcycles, mini bikes, any of that kind of stuff, except for on my mom's side of the family, my uncle, um, had ridden motorcycles for a, a really long time. Um, but I never really was around it per se. It wasn't something that was kind of in, in the, in the DNA, um, if you will. And then, you know, I, I can't even remember when I stopped riding that dirt bike. We moved from Nebraska. We moved back to the St. Louis area um, a few years after that. And I think I rode that thing around 
um, in St. Louis for a while. And I think it just broke down. Um, and then my family had moved over back over into Illinois. And then we, we, uh, my dad bought us, uh, me and my brothers, a, uh, a Honda, I think it was like a Honda 50, like three wheeler thing. And we started tooling around through the woods on that for a while. Um, and then, you know, life got busy. I got older that, uh, wasn't writing anymore. And, and I took a, a really long break. Um, and then in 2015, um, I decided to buy a motorcycle. Um, I, I, I don't know. It was sort of, I was at one of those sort of life changing times. And, um, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to start riding again. So I, I bought a, a 2008 V star, um, 1100. Um, I didn't have an endorsement. I didn't have my permit or anything. And I, I found this bike on, I think it was Craigslist or Facebook marketplace or something. And it was, those all V stars were good bikes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. I, mean, I still, still have are. it. Yeah. I still have it. Um, you know, the, the only, the only thing with it is it, it is carbureted. So, you know, it, it gets a little funky because I don't ride it a lot anymore. Um, that particular bike, but, uh, you know, I, I got it for a good price. Um, you know, I, I actually went and rented a trailer and hauled it home because I didn't have a license and I didn't want to, to ride it without a license. Um, and then I went and took, uh, an MSF course at the, uh, Harley Davidson dealership close by my house and, uh, got my license. And then I started riding that the V star. I rode that for about a year. Um, and during that time I had again run, had some family events where I had run into my uncle who I mentioned had ridden for many, many years. And actually he's pushing, I think he's like 78 and he still rides. Um, he's had awesome. knee, re knee replacements, I think maybe a hip replacement, um, but he still gets out and rides. Um, but anyway, we were talking about, I think he has a fat boy. I think it's like a 98 fat boy. Um, and he still rides that. We were talking at some family event. Um, actually, I think it was my parents, um, whatever, uh, 50th wedding anniversary. And you know, we were talking about Harleys. And then a little bit later, I ran into uh, actually a, a family friend who was the uh, sales manager at a Harley Davidson dealership. Um, in the Kansas city area. And we were talking about it and I told him I had the V star and whatever. He's like, Hey, if you ever want to change over to Harley Davidson, he goes, just give me a call out. You know, we'll, we'll work you a good deal and whatever. So I'm going to say not too many months after that, maybe four or five months, I gave him a call. Uh, I saw one on the, the website at the dealership he was working at. It was a, a street glide special. And I, I called him up. I'm like, Hey Don, you know, I'm looking at this bike and he's like, yeah, that's a good one. He goes, but I, I just got one in on trade. He goes, it's got like, it's a 2015. And this time we were in, I think it was like September of 16. He goes, it's got like 1800 miles on it. He goes, I, we just took it in on trade. The guy, there's nothing wrong with it. We've gone through it. The guy bought it here and you know, I can sell it to you for this, which was 
hugely discounted over what a brand new one was and it still had a warranty and the whole deal. So I was like, all right. Um, you know, he sent me some pictures and you know, the next weekend I drove to Kansas city from St. Louis and, and bought it. Um, and so that really was my introduction to sort of the Harley Davidson. I don't know if you call it a lifestyle culture, whatever. Um, and it was really through that first purchase and, you know, that dealership, I mean, unfortunately they're not a Harley dealership anymore. They're one of the ones that sort of, they were very, a very big dealership in Kansas city, but they made a decision that again, this was, I think a year and a half or two years ago that they're, they didn't want to be associated with Harley Davis anymore because there weren't enough bikes coming in. They couldn't make any money. They had a big dealership, a big building, and they, they changed from Harley Davidson uh, dealership to a power sports dealer. Um, so they could sell anything, but anyway, um, so that was, you know, they, they were really welcoming, even though I was from St. Louis, they were in Kansas city, but you know, just the whole experience of buying a Harley Davidson, um, even though it was used, uh, it was a year old. Um, they treated me just like I bought a brand new one. And, uh, yeah, that really bought our news and you're barely with Harley. even, even What's that? just past the first you bought it used, but you were just barely past the first break-in service. I mean, yeah, dang. yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was, yeah, I, it was a great, great find and a great deal. And as you say, it's always, uh, it's always good to have some connections as well. <laughs> so that helps. And that would actually um, be what, so you still actually got, that was the twin cam then. Yeah. Yeah. It's a twin cam yeah, 103. Um, and you know, that, that bike, um, you know, we, we talk about you know, what I, I do with riding. So that, that one, when I got that bike, um, that really started, I rode by myself mostly. I, I didn't really know anybody in St. Louis that rode motorcycles. Um, so I would just go out on weekends or a weekday and, and just ride by myself. And then I, I happened to cross, um, come across a group, um, here in, close to my home, um, that would put on about four or five organized rides per year. And I signed up for one of them and it was a great group. I think the first ride I went on, I, I don't know, there was probably, I don't know, 50 or 60 bikes that went on this ride. And we, we did a, a, a very, it was a very picturesque ride. We went from um, Missouri and crossed over into Illinois and ran around along the river road into uh, Pierre Marquette State Park. And, uh, you know, it was a great ride, a great experience. And, you know, then, then I signed up for the next ride and the next ride. And then it ended up, they said, hey, you know, you ride pretty well. Um, would you want to be part of our pre-ride team? And so, this is a pretty organized group. It's not a club. Um, I would call it more of a riding group. Um, and like I said, they put on four or five rides a year. Um, they're very organized. They plan the routes. They do pre-rides, the road captains pre-ride. They break into smaller groups. It's, it's very well put together. And they asked me to be on the pre-ride team, um, which is usually the last pre-ride before the big ride with, with the big group. And so I wanted to get more riding in. So I did that. So I did that for a while. And they then, um, 
after a couple pre-rides I did, they said, hey, would you want to consider being one of our road captains? I'm like, well, sure. What does that mean? And then they kind of introduced me, introduced me to the concept of what a road captain is all about. And then I had to kind of go through a vetting process with some of the senior road captains. And then, you know, do we had to do an advanced writing course. I had to do an accident scene management course. We had to have, have to have trauma packs, um, you know, have to lead a ride, uh, put a ride together from start to finish, lead a, a big group ride. Um, and so I did that and I, I became a road captain with them in 2018 um, and have been well, ever since. Well, then on a side note, I mean, you talk like in a trauma kit. I mean, even having yourself a, a quality first aid kit to keep in your bike. I mean, I have one myself. I keep, I have a good first aid kit in my bike and there are just certain things that you know, I always travel with, I got a, a decent tool set that I'll travel with some odds and ends, right. you know, most, I got a good socket set that'll fit everything on my bike. I mean, I'm pretty well mechanically inclined so I can dive into something as long as it's not too in depth, but you know, I travel with enough little stuff on my bike to know that if it's something moderately simple that, you know, I should be able to fix myself on the side of the road. And with that being said, I also, you know, do have a first aid kit. And actually, there's another company that uh, I'd want to give away called Rad Flags. Mm -hmm. They actually make it's like a Velcro uh, safety flag, you know, with reflective. You could strap whether you could strap it anywhere on your bike. Say if you had a luggage rack, your handlebars were at night, it's going to reflect reflect headlights. And I always keep that in my tour pack. And right. there are just some other odds and ends safety equipment that is, you know, why not have it with you? I keep it with me all the time. And I would say it's better to have it with you, even though you may, may never use it. You might not need it, but yep. you never know when there could be a scenario somewhere where, hey, you know what? You might have that little piece, and sure, there's some extra stuff that i probably take with me that some people say, hey, why are you carrying that? Well, you know what? You never know, and I'd rather be safe than sorry. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's some of the same stuff that I carry just with me on everyday rides and then obviously as as part of this group and being a road captain i mean we have everything i have i even add to my uh, saddlebag i have a little a jump pack because oftentimes on these bigger rides people don't ride a lot and their batteries may not be the greatest we make a stop and they go to start it up and bike won't won't start and the jump packs are great um you know they can i don't know i've i probably jumped you know, done five jumps on, on one uh, one charge on one of those little lithium ion, lithium ion battery jump packs, and uh, it, it's pretty small. Um, actually, the one I have is, I think it's actually the same one that Harley sells, but it's under the actual company brand name that produces it for Harley, and it's I think it's NoCo. I said, now see that's something I don't I haven't gone that far as to carry the. A jump pack, but you know, there is nothing wrong with you know, be prepared, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Yeah. We've had plenty of uh times when people have that, and then you know, we'll also as with the big group too, we'll one of us will generally have um one of those little one gallon gas um cans that you can fit in your saddlebag too, just just in case someone has a smaller tank and again maybe not be the most prepared rider, but, um, you know, we can, we can get them home. 
Well, it's like for me, you know, having that, that toolkit once, I lost a stator on my bike. You know, I was going through the Cascade Mountains and happened to find one, you know, 60, 70 miles away. And one of my buddies that it was riding with, he took off over the Cascades to Eastern Washington, got the, not the stator, but the regulator and brought it back. You know, having the tools and whatnot is actually able to repair the bike on the side of the road, put the new regulator in and, you know, continue yep. down the road just because I had the tools with me and, you know, everything except the multimeter that we had to buy in a small town that if you would have went to some, you know, like say Harbor Freight somewhere, you could have got the multimeter for 15 bucks probably, but we paid 60 for it. Right, right, right. But you know what? I We fixed the bike and we kept going. So it sucked at the moment when you break down, but, you know, at the end of the night, when you're back on the road, you get where you're going. It's all part of the story and reflect back yeah. on it. It's all part of the fun, the adventure of motorcycles. Yep, absolutely. And like you said, hopefully you have all this stuff on the bike and you never need it, but it's, it's nice to have it when you actually do. <laughs> right. Now, I remember, I think, I do believe it was uh, Bryce podcast. You came on there. I remember, you know, we talked briefly about it, but you also have now been doing stuff with the Patriot Guard. Am I correct? Yeah. Um, yeah, I started riding with them um, this past summer. Um, which has been, again, a, a great experience for me. And, you know, I, I think about it um, in, in terms of, you know, if it weren't for motorcycles, I wouldn't have, right? I wouldn't have known about the Patriot Guard because of these guys that I ride with. Um, many of the guys in the group I ride with were members and rode with the Patriot Guard. And I know you've been associated with them for, for a long time. Um, but such a great organization that provides, you know, honorable and uh, honor and respect to, you know, our fallen heroes and fallen veterans, um, you know, either through motorcycles or flag lines or, you know, just being there for the family and, and doing what the family uh, would like the Patriot Guard to do. And, you know, I think I, I put out two videos this past in the last few months um i haven't been doing youtube that long since only since august but one of the early ones i did put on and i think i mentioned it the other night but if anybody on here or hears this podcast later um wants to really find out what a large very uh organized and emotional mission is like um i'd ask you know just check out the video I put, I think it was around middle of September, um, and it's called, I think, Patriot Guard Mission for Lance Corporal George Schmitz, who was one of the 13 soldiers that was killed in Afghanistan uh, back in August, um, and he happened to be from the St. Louis area, and uh, we did, did two missions uh, with the Patriot Guard for him, um, the first one being the escort from his, uh, from the airport here in St. Louis to the funeral home. And then a few days later, um, we did an escort from the uh, funeral home to Jefferson Barracks uh, National Cemetery here in St. Louis. Um, and then I, I followed up, I think about a month later, um, because with another video that really just talks about, you know, what what is the mission of the Patriot Guard? And I, and I, I think I titled it, um, who are they? What do they do? And why do they do it? Um, so just kind of covering, you know, all of those things 
and you know really hopefully through using YouTube as a platform. I mean, I don't have that many followers, but it's it's getting there or, or subscribers. But I, I do have I've had a lot of views um, or a fairly amount, a large amount for for me for a small channel. But yeah, I, I try to use it as a platform to educate people about what the Patriot Guard is all about, how they can get involved, the website, um, and, you know, you don't have to have a motorcycle to be a part of it. And No, I mean, more, you know, support that? cars. No, you're right. You don't got to have a, you know, be on a motorcycle. I mean, they're, you know, the support cars, you know, the people that will show up. Because, you know, the cool thing is more than just the motorcycle escort. I mean, yeah, that's, you know, a great honor to be part of that. But there's, you know, a lot of times where we might just show up at a cemetery, you're doing a flag line, you're, right. you know, supporting that family, providing a, a sense of security around an area. You know, there's there's a lot to it that goes into it. You know, when it was started with the, uh, you know, you had that Baptist church that was, I can't remember the exact name at the Black moment. Pearl. Yeah, that was, you know, causing scenes at some of these funerals for our American heroes and you know, that's was a big part when the Patriot card came in to just, you know, create that line, let these families and these people have their time and keep that kind of stuff out of the area. I mean, you know, we're not there for violence whatsoever, but right. you're just going to try to do what you can to to let that ceremony be peaceful and give give them what they the honor they deserve. And I mean, actually, you can see actually my flags are right over here. They go yeah. in my tour pack. You can't see the other one, but. Yeah, and I think doing it's a whole different emotion when you're doing the escorts in a national cemetery. I've yeah. done a, a good number here, you know, in, in my local town in Port Andos to the cemeteries, and I've done one over to the Tahoma National Cemetery, one of the national cemeteries for Washington State. And it's a very different feeling doing, you know, the ones at the national cemetery just because they're, yeah, they can be a little bit larger, but it just, I don't know. It's a different feeling. It's hard to put it into words. Yeah, it definitely is. And, and I couldn't necessarily even put it into words when I put those videos, especially the one with the escort. It, it I started out the video just sort of with, and I had just gotten home from it. And I'm like, you know what? This emotion is raw. I'm going to just try to just tell you what I feel. Um, before I ran the video and, and there, there's parts in that video that are just, especially when we talk about the, the lead, um, ride captain was talking about why we put the rear pegs down and that that soldier. And he, he said, I told the family, we're all going to have our rear pegs down because your son is riding with us each and every one of us. And it, it was just, it's, <laughs> even thinking about it still today and, and just, I can still picture him standing in the back of the pickup truck, explaining this to the, you know, 600 plus motorcycle riders and support vehicles and uh, first responders that were there. I mean, it was just like, woof, it, it, incredible. Um, so yeah, it's I I've also I've done smaller ones. Um, I did one I think it was in November, and those you know are also emotional, but it's sort of on a different level. It, it was very intimate. I mean, there was probably 
25 of us there, um, and it was a soldier coming in to Lambert International Airport, and we were actually at the terminal where they brought the casket out from the terminal. We were in a flag line, and the family was there, and just they came to each one of us, the family members, and thanked us for being there to honor their son, which was just it's again, a whole nother level of emotion that, that came with that very sort of intimate setting. And then we actually went from the airport to the funeral home. And I was literally standing right next to, I think a sister of the soldier. And it was just unbelievable. Um, So yeah, yeah, it, if you have the opportunity, I would, you know, suggest and ask that you at least look into it in your local area. Cause they, I mean, the Patriot guard is, is all over the country. I mean, I think there's, Oh yeah. They're nationwide. I think people registered. There's, I, I think over a couple hundred thousand people that are part of the Patriot guard around the United States. And I mean, they need people like us and people in cars and whatever to, to, to help with those, uh, those missions. Especially you get some of them local areas, you know, there's not, you know, sometimes there might only be four or five guys and, you know, if somebody's interested, you know, one more person can, can definitely make a difference. And yeah, it it is a great part of a a great organization to be part of. And, you know, to me, you know, these military veterans are, you know, American treasures and I think it's a great group. And I just want to touch on that because I remember from a conversation we had on Bryce channel that you were also part of that. So I figured, Hey, you know, that's a, a good thing to bring up and a, a great organization to talk about also. Yeah. Yeah. I hope to uh, continue to participate in that. And, you know, a couple of us from the group that I ride with, we, we try to set aside one day per month to actually participate in a, a mission. Um, and I think we, we did not make one in December that I, we, we tried to coordinate and it, it just didn't happen, but, you know, it's, it's, these things happen no matter what the weather is and no matter what time yeah. of the year is. And so, um, you know, the, the family, you, sign up, you can get on yeah. the calendar, you can see them, you know, they're, they're everywhere. There's every day. It, it seems almost there's one somewhere. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So also I, I know, you know, look through your stuff. You also are, are a father. Now, any of your kids enjoy riding with you also to enjoy the, the motorcycle as much as you? Um, you know, my, my oldest daughter and my middle daughter, um, have ridden on the back. Um, they like to do that. My youngest daughter has zero interest, um, in getting on the back. She's, she's not, uh, much of an an adventurer, I guess. (laughs) Um, and so, yeah, they, they, they do, but you know, my kids are, would have I, I i'm embarrassed i'll probably mess up their ages which is pretty bad but put it this way they're, they're getting to the point where they're on their own um except for the youngest one she's still here at the house but um you know they're kind of off doing their own thing um you know so they they do like to go um actually a few weeks ago my uh i think it was right before christmas my parents were in town and i think i posted a video on i think i posted a video on instagram but my mom actually got on the back and she's 75 <laughs> and uh, she got on the back of the, uh, the street glide. And I, I took her for a little, uh, a pre Christmas uh, ride and she, uh, she ate it up. 
she was she was having fun. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I know, look, she, my she, my daughter is the oldest, who she's twenty four, and she loves it. You know, yeah. I'll get messages and texts from her like in the summertime. Hey, Dad, the weather's going to be great this weekend because she lives two you know two and a half hours away from me over north of Seattle area. Yeah, and there's some great riding. You get up in the you know Skagit Valley. You know, there's all kinds of great back highways. You head up north out of Seattle, and it's like, hey, sweet, you know, I'll be up there, you know, Saturday morning. And but a lot of times, you know, she's enjoyed it since they were little. I mean, I brought my kids up on motorcycles. They were riding dirt bikes when they were young, and you know, yeah. both my my boys are younger at 19, and actually, the middle boy will be 21 next month. And you know, they have ambition. They want to, you know, move to the road at some point, and yep. It'll be fun. It's, you know, it's always been a family thing for us, and I, I enjoy the heck out of it. Yeah, I think that's, um, you know, not being from sort of a, a bike motorcycle family necessarily. It's just not been something that's been sort of ingrained in within the family or even within my kids. And uh, but it's just something that for me has become a passion, uh, for me of, you know, I, I try to ride as much as I can, um, whenever I can. And, you know, I, I'll commute into work, um, whenever I can. Um, my office is about 25 or 26 miles from my home. Um, and sometimes it's kind of funny. I, I work in a very professional business area of St. Louis called Clayton. Um, and it's, it, it's kind of a, a very high end part of St. Louis, I'll, I'll say. And, um, you know, you'll, you'll pull into the garage and there's BMWs and Mercedes and, and all this, and I'll come, come blasting in on my, uh, on my Harley. And I've, there's been times when I've gotten a few looks and, you know, it's funny, it, it, from a, cultural or a stereotype perspective uh, and at least what i've experienced you know I, I i'll get on the uh, the elevator to ride up to the 15th floor i have my helmet my leather jacket on my jeans my boots um and i had someone look at me in the elevator and say did you do ride of the century last weekend i'm like no I didn't do Ride of the Century. And I don't know if you're familiar, but Ride of the Century is where it's basically all these sport bike guys that are sort of hooligans that, in, at least in St. Louis, and I don't know if they do in other cities, but it'll be like hundreds of them. And they'll run down the highway doing wheelies and just crazy stuff and trying to run people off the road. And it, it's a big issue here once a year in St. Louis. Um, and, you know, it's just like, it's funny how people just sort of associate you're on a motorcycle. So you must be sort of part of that. And I'm like, Nope, not me. That's, that's not my thing. I'm just, uh, you know, just a regular guy. And I just so happen to be, uh, so happen to be in, in this, uh, you know, professional environment, but, but I ride a motorcycle. So, but you know, there's, there's lots of them within, you know, whether different levels of society, I mean, you could look at some people and, and you'd never know that, you know, it's a passion that they also enjoy. Right. You know, it doesn't mean just because, you know, I don't know. It's that whole stereotype thing where, you know, people look at you different. Like, you know, if you're on a weekend warrior, you know, you pull up, you know, you got your leather vest on, your pants, your boots or whatnot. And 
they'll look at you and you get that stereotype of a biker, but you know, they have no idea which what you do Monday through Friday. Just because right. you enjoy riding doesn't mean that you're, you know, one side or the other of that stereotype. Yeah. 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 It is a little bit of a I, I don't know if you want to call it a joke, but um needless to say I'm the I'm the only person in my office that rides a motorcycle. And uh, my, my profession, I'm a CPA, so it's, it's a bit of a conservative uh, profession. So people typically will look at me and never think that I ride a motorcycle, but I do. Hey, you know, sometimes you got to have that two-wheel therapy. And, and lucky for you, it's like, you know, like you're saying, you got, say, a 25-mile commute home. My new job, well, actually, I've been on almost a year now. My, my commute's a half mile. It's not even worth starting my bike to, and getting my coat and all my stuff on. It yeah. takes longer to put on all the gear than it does take me to get to work. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, like you say, um, you know, I think just the, you, you mentioned the sort of the wind therapy. And I mean, I think everybody rides motorcycles for different reasons. And, um, you know, some people do ride it for a lot of mental health reasons. But I mean, for me, it's not necessarily mental health, but it certainly does. If I'm commuting into work, in the morning and having the opportunity to ride home that 25 or 26 miles it certainly makes my day better uh, when i started it with a ride and makes it better when i come home you know having been able to ride home as long as the traffic's not crappy but which is oftentimes in st louis and you, know, you got to be careful but you know it's just that whole notion of you know what you get from you know riding that motorcycle and in the I guess in some cases, you know, the adrenaline, the dopamine, all those feel good things that you get from it is just the benefits are just for me anyway, it's, it's incredible. Oh, it is. I mean, I, I used to have, you know, one of my old professions for about almost 10 years, I worked, you know, department of corrections worked in a maximum security prison. My commute to work was 60, 61 miles. And there'd be, you know, I commuted a lot by motorcycle. Yeah. I had two different highways I could take. One was a little bit longer, but there'd be those times after work where, you know what, I'm going to take the longer way home and just kind of unwind, enjoy the road and just enjoy the motorcycle. Yeah. And having that ride home, you know, after my shift and sometimes was an absolute amazing time just to unwind and just, you know, kind of forget about your day and just enjoy the road and, and get that throttle therapy and come home and, you know, be in a, a lot better mood. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's not just, you know, say from that one career. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that can relate. You know, you have that stressful day at work or things just aren't going right. And you get off work and you look out there, Hey, you know what, you know, there's my motorcycle. And yeah. at that point, you know, it doesn't matter what brand you're riding and what it is. You can get on that motorcycle, that bike and unwind and just enjoy the road and just forget about your troubles and just kind of, you know, enjoy it, get home and, and be in a different frame of mind and, and just enjoy yourself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I will say I do enjoy the, the rides and I'm able to kind of get out on the back roads here, um, out in uh, the County that I live in and, and, you know, just enjoy that, you know, all of the sort of the, the smells and the, and the, the scenery and, and all those things that uh, that you get to experience. And, and, and for me, that's kind of the, the most fun. Um, and then when I do get to ride with, with the group, um, it is, you know, we're, we're, 
very organized group and a lot of us who are the road captains, I mean, we ride together a lot and it's, it's almost, it's, it's, for me, it's sort of a beautiful thing when I see, you know, 40 or 50 or 70 motorcycles moving down the road, down these country roads and very good formation. Um, it's just, uh, indescribable, um, experience for me. Well, and, and it's like you said, the smells, you know, traveling by motorcycle is way more intimate than I would like to say in a car or, you know, right. some people might, might call it in the cage. It's a lot right. more personal on a motorcycle. You're going to, you're going to, you know, experience different smells and you, you know, there's a vast range from, you know, farmland, sometimes not so pleasant. Yeah. You know, Skunk a lot of people sometimes. that, oh yeah. Or, you know, up here in the Northwest, you can literally, you know, some people think it's weird, but you can smell when the rain's going to come. Yeah. You know, you can look at right. the weather and, and, and understand that, but there are times, summertime, you're going through some of these different farmlands where, you know, up here in the Northwest, we have the massive tulip farms up in the North Puget Sound. Yeah. And the smells are amazing, but you can be going through some of the countryside and it's just, it's way more intimate by motorcycle. And it is such an awesome way to travel and get out and enjoy yourself is there's nothing else like it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, uh, it's funny that you mentioned some of those things. I, I did actually a, a video on that exact topic a few weeks or a month or so ago. Um, and really tried to put it into perspective of someone who's never really experienced riding a motorcycle before. Um, you know, and it's, it's all of that, sort of for me anyway it's kind of the the sensory overload of being out in that out in the open and uh you do get all those smells and that feel of acceleration and sort of that vulnerability that you don't experience when you're in a car or a truck oh absolutely and you know you can hit you know some of those back highways you get in some of those little twisty sections you just start you know rolling some of them corners and yeah, I don't know. It's it's a lot of fun, and there's just nothing else like it. Yeah, yeah. I was actually fortunate. I got to go. Um, I think it was not last summer, but the summer before. A group of us went to uh, kind of the Appalachians um, between Kentucky and Virginia, and rode uh, back of the Dragon, and then I think there was five or six other routes, the Wood Booger, and the. I mean, there's so many of them out there, and in that experience. Um, it's just incredible. And if, you know, anybody listening or hasn't been um, to that part of the country to ride, I mean, it is just incredible. And I, I, the back of the dragon, you know, everybody talks about the tail of the dragon, I think more than the back of the dragon, but the back of the dragon is, is pretty darn good. And it's a, it, it is, I mean, it's, it's a very technical ride. Um, and uh, it, it's a lot of fun. If you have the opportunity to go do that, it's, it's awesome. That area is actually on, on my list. Someday I want to get to, you know, the, the whole area, the Appalachians. I'd love to get down through the Ozarks. And yep. And for me also, there's a lot of history in that area. And I'm, you know, big, I love history. And that's just an area that I would love to be able to spend a week or two just really going through and enjoying a lot of the sites and, and some of those back roads and, and just see everything it has to offer. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was fun. I mean, 
everybody will probably boohoo on me, but we actually trailered there because um, we only had, I think, five, five or six days. So we trailered there and then we rode the next five days straight. Um, we parked well, the thanks trailer. thanks for coming on. We got we to gotta end this, you trailer. Got to go. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, but we did. But we, we parked the trailers and the trucks uh, at, uh, I think it was called Mineshaft Harley-Davidson. They were nice enough to let us park the stuff there. And then we... We went on and, and kind of made a, a, a big loop through, you know, the Kentucky, Virginia. We touched in, I think, into West Virginia, stayed at a cabin um, uh, one night. And, and that was that was quite an experience. We, uh, you know, you talk about, you know, when I was a kid, I, I rode off road and, and dirts with a little mini bike motorcycle thing. Um, we. <laughs> unbeknownst to us we we rented this cabin that i think there was 13 or 14 of us all together rented this cabin and it was right off of i think we actually took the back of the dragon um to get there and we didn't know it but there was no road to get to this cabin um, other than sort of a, a farm road that had two tracks and it was about a tenth to a, a quarter mile off of the road and we had to it was downhill and back uphill and a curve and it had just rained the day before and there was puddles and mud and you know we we ended up taking uh seven harley davidson motorcycles off road and 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 fortunately going in nobody went down but coming out the next two days later the day later um one of the one of the guys uh got a little little wonky on the uh the grass from the morning uh, morning dew on the grass and got kind of a little bit high on part of the the little bit of a track that there was and the bike just sort of slipped right off the, the little uh into the ditch and i mean fortunately he wasn't hurt but it was uh it was a sight to see <laughs> i bet yeah but he had a it was a, an ultra limited and we had them, obviously we were going from place to place. And so we had everything packed down. And I mean, it took, he had that thing. I mean, it was wheels up when it, he had rolled it over and it took five of us to get that thing because it was on incline. It was upside down. The fairing was like flipped up upside. It was, it was, but we, five of us, we got it back up on its wheels and and uh, we asked him like, Hey Bob, do you want to, you going to ride the West the way up? He's like, I don't think so. Can somebody ride this thing up this hill? <laughs> hey, you fall off, you got to get back on. Yeah, well, he got back on, but it was just—I uh, think he was a little, a little shocked from from taking the uh, the roll off the bike and and seeing the bike uh, wheels up. It was something I've never seen a bike like that before. Wheels up off into uh, the grass. Yeah, it happens from time to time, but yeah, it's definitely an experience. Yeah, yeah, it was something. And he actually had just gotten that bike, I think, like a month or so before we went on that trip. And he had he wasn't used to really riding a big, heavy touring bike before. He actually, he and his wife um, both rode. They both had Road Kings uh, before that, and then she decided that she didn't want to ride her road king she had some issues with her eyes and didn't feel comfortable so they sold both road kings and bought this ultra limited and uh, he's not the tallest of guys i would say he's probably five seven five eight and uh 
first first trip with this big bike and and dumped it. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. All all turned out okay in the end, but it was it was something. Hey, at least nobody got hurt. Exactly. Exactly. So so where did where'd you get the name HD Vibe? Where'd that come from? You know, HD obviously stands for Harley Davidson. Um and you know, I just I think in my my logo it says live in the motorcycle vibe. And I that's kind of the vibe piece of it. It's just sort of the whole notion of kind of living, you know. Obviously, I'm not a lifelong biker and I don't come from this sort of biker family or tradition, but it's just, you know, I think for me, it's just been something that, you know, Harley Davidson's motorcycles, um, it just kind of came to me one day and I actually, my, my license plate, I actually had the license plate on my street glide that said HD vibe bef well before I actually started the, the YouTube channel and, and Instagram. Um, so just kind of came to me one day and nice. I was just curious. I wasn't sure if there's a whole, you know, a little backstory to that or, you know, where it came from. I was just, you know, if there's somebody kind of touch on, cause I was curious myself. Yep. No, just, just something I came up with and it just sort of, I think from my perspective, it just kind of fit as I was thinking about, you know, putting, a YouTube channel together because I knew I wanted to focus it on, you know, things around motorcycles. And I mean, obviously I have Harley Davidson's, um, I have the Yamaha still, um, the Ms. HD vibe wants me to get rid of one of the three bikes. And obviously that would probably be the, the Yamaha V star, but it's just hard for me to let go. <laughs> <laughs> well, what made you want to take the plunge into YouTube? Um, you know, I, I watched YouTube, um, around motorcycle content when I got the street glide, um, I started watching some channels and then I started watching more channels around kind of how do I do this to my bike or how do I add this or what can, how can I do some maintenance myself and, and stuff like that. Um, and then I did a actually a promotional video for a software company that is it's a risk management type software company. And I was at one of their user conferences <clears throat> and we were talking about their software and they knew me pretty well. And I said, Hey, I, I don't even know how it came up. I said, yeah, I have, I have a Harley Davidson motorcycle. And they all went, you what? Like, yeah, I have a Harley Davidson motorcycle. And they're like, wow. Um, they're like, what would you think about if we sent a camera crew to St. Louis and you rode your motorcycle from St. Louis to, I think it was San Diego, and we have this camera crew follow you and we make this promotional video to promote our product and talk about kind of risk management and what you have to do from a risk management perspective when you're riding a, a, mo a motorcycle and how you put that into your everyday work and how you think about risk management. And uh, then we'll have you come into the user conference that's at this resort um, on your motorcycle and we'll, and I will, you know, have this video that we put out. And I'm like, 
I'd Do you realize how leave? far that is from St. Louis to San Diego? That, that's like 2,500 miles or whatever. I'm like, Fuck, that let's do it. Me. Let's go. Why not? <laughs> Fuck, I, I would say, let's go. We leaving tomorrow? Call the crew. Fuck, that'd be <laughs> awesome. Fucking yeah, well, um, I, I kind of backed out of that because, for one, I knew I couldn't go to the user conference because I was going to a Kid Rock concert the the second night of that user conference so i was like there's no way i'm going to miss a kid rock concert to ride my motorcycle across the united states and have a camera crew follow me so i said how about this how about you guys send a crew to st louis and we'll still do a video and i'll still talk about risk management and i'll still talk about risk management relative to riding a motorcycle and relate that to your product and and so we ended up doing that um, and so that, I mean, it wasn't on YouTube. Um, they, they use that as a, that video as a sales tool, uh, for their product. Um, and they also do it, use it for an onboarding, but that sort of gave me a little bit of the bug to put a YouTube channel together because it, in my day job, I do presentations. I do talk in front of people and it's not that difficult for me to do that so it, it sort of translated well in this video i did for him and then i'm like well um, i've been thinking about doing a youtube channel i did this kind of thing it worked out well obviously i didn't edit it it was professionally done and it looks fantastic and they did great work with it i'm like well why don't i start um start a youtube channel and so you know, I, I went back and that I did that video for them in the summer of 2019. Um, and I kind of thought about doing YouTube and I bought some camera stuff and then I never did anything. And then I went on the trip to um, the Appalachian back roads and rode those. I'm like, I'm going to do a video when I did this and I didn't do it. Um, and then um, this past summer in August, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Um, and so I started, I, I put my first video out in August of this, of last year, August the 15th, I think. And it was really talking about something that came up on one of our rides. And it was people didn't know how to, on a Harley touring bike, a guy called me in the morning and said, I don't know how to get my, I don't, my bike won't start. My, my batteries are dead on my key fob. I'm like, well, do you know your pen? And he's like, no. I'm like, Okay. So that kind of prompted me to do a video on how to one, find out your pin if the dealer hasn't told you what the pin is. And then secondly, what the factory setting is on these pin numbers. Um, it's pretty unbelievable, but if you haven't reset your pin on your Harley touring bike, I suggest you do it because the, the factory setting on a lot of them is just the last five digits of your VIN number, which is right on the side of the bike. So if anybody wanted to steal your bike, they could. Or just go old school like me and, and you just run, you know, where you don't have to worry about that with like the 04. Right. Right. You got the, the old school fob and you don't got to worry about that shit. Right. Right. So that's kind of what got me into, into YouTube. And then, you know, it just sort of, I, I guess I just try to continue to get a little better. And, you know, my, I think, really the goal of, of me having the channel is if there's some tidbit of information or, or nugget of information or tip or a trick or show somebody how to install something or 
talk about a product that somebody may be thinking about that helps them make a decision one way or the other. Um, that's kind of what I want to do with, with the channel. And that's what I try to do. So would you, you know, are you one of those guys that's, you know, interested to say, you know, the iron butt side or, well, now there's more than one side. You got the iron butt, you got ride one cane a day, or, you know, is that something that would intrigue you to see if you could push your limits and, and do that thousand plus miles in 24 hours or less? Yeah, I think I would like to try that. I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of people do that. I've seen people do it on YouTube. Um, <clears throat> I think I'd like to try to do it for sure. Um, I have, I have family that lives about that sort of 500 mile ish range from where I'm at now in St. Louis. Um, so it'd be a good get there and just turn around and come back and, and do it. So yeah, I'm, I may do that um, at some point in the not too distant future. I'll tell you what, it's a lot of fun. I know I've done it. My best was a, a thousand eighteen miles in eighteen hours. Wow! And it was a blast. You know, I'm ready for I'm ready for springtime and better weather because I know I'm going to do a few more this year. And it is a lot of fun just to I wouldn't say push yourself, but it's like you you hit that you know seven hundred mile range or it's like me, I, I pre-mapped out my route on GPS from Washington through Idaho, through into Montana, down yep. into Idaho, and you start seeing the the time reversing in a way. It's like, okay, now I got 200 miles. I'm going to be there in two and a half hours, and it's like, you know, 150 miles your destination, and as the time starts clicking down, you start getting that second wind, and <clears throat> man, it was awesome. Of course, for me, I left really early in the morning. I think I, I had Set mine. I left my town here in Port Angeles at it was three or three thirty in the morning because I wanted to get to my ending destination. You know, my plan was eight to nine o'clock at night, where I'm yeah. not riding late into the night. And man, it was an absolute blast. And yeah. you really got that second wind towards the end, and oh, it was awesome. You know, that sunset coming down through the Panhandle, Idaho, was fucking gorgeous. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's a. a, a quite an experience. I mean, I, I've seen some people that have sort of documented that on, on YouTube and, you know, some of them go pretty well and sometimes they don't go quite as planned. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think I can't even, it, it's, I, I think, you know, for me, I, I can ride in a car for a really long time and, and it's no big deal. And I, I've ridden on my motorcycle for, I mean, many, 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 many hours at a stretch and it's, it's not that big a deal. So I, I, I think I could do it, um, with making sure I have everything set up right to do it. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it takes time, but you know, like saying that, I mean, you know, for me, I mean, I, I drive, you know, truck for a living. So, I mean, I can drive a truck 12, 14, 15, right. 16 hours a day. So, Hey, not, why not hop on a motorcycle and do the same thing? And, yeah. It, it, it's a lot of fun, you know, see if you, it's, it is physical, but it's also mental. Right. You know, to, to push yourself, Hey, you know, can I do this? And right. Yeah. It's fun, you know? Yeah. And then there's a whole documentation thing, right? Where you got to get stopped yeah. at the gas stations, take pictures of everything and yeah. Take pictures you receive with your dollars. And yeah, there's, you know, the, the verification part comes into it, but yeah, it, it's an awesome adventure and it's, it's probably not for meant for everybody, but it is fun to see if you can physically and mentally do you have what it takes to do it. And yeah, it's an awesome adventure. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd like to do that. And I, I, you know, one of the things that I haven't really been able to do, I, I talked about the trip that we did out um, to the Appalachians and, you know, I, yeah, obviously I, I'd like to get out West sometime and, and ride, whether that be, you know, riding there or just getting there and either, um, you know, getting the bike there or renting a bike and just is riding through some of that beautiful scenery um, would just be, I think an awesome vacation for me. Um, Ms. HD vibe might not think so. I don't think she would do it, but, um, hey, just, you know, pack the saddlebags and, and just hit the sunset, you know, just go yeah. for it. But, yeah. That's you know, that's like one thing I think is sweet. You want to take a trip, you know, on what it's cool, set your end destination, say, okay, I'm leaving St. Louis. I want to go to to say Salt Lake city. Right say in four days I want to be there and then find the back highways and side roads and not so much worry about everything else. But all you know is in four days, I want to be in this place. Yep. And now I'm just going to, I'm going to explore and whether you take a detour, you, you know, take the back highways and go see America. Yeah. Because there's so much to explore and within our own borders of our country that man, it's, it's an awesome ride. Yeah. You can't go wrong. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. That's something I'd like to do more of. Um, I think like, like we talked um, the other day, it's just for me, it's, it's just so difficult for me to be able to get the time off from work to be able to, to do something like that. But yeah, you know, actually, I mean, I've, I've talked about doing it. It's just like, you know, I'm going to take a whole week off. I'm just going to get on the motorcycle and I'm just going to go somewhere just even by myself, just to get out on the road and, and just experience. Like you said, there's just you know, on a motorcycle. It's just a whole different um, experience. I think of, of being out on the road and, and feeling that wind and the dirt and, and all that kind of stuff in your face and, and just getting out there and doing it. You would literally come back a different person in a way. I mean, I, I've done it. I've took off for seven days, and it's there's no other experience like it. It's just amazing. Even there's times where you take off on a Friday, even for two days, and come back on a Sunday night, and you can just clear your mind. And it is that two wheel therapy, that throttle therapy, and there's there's no other experience in traveling by motorcycles. It's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, but shoot, man. Hey, thanks for uh, for coming on tonight, man. This has been a lot of fun, you know, and getting to catch up and, and kind of learning your backstory of, you know, yeah. how you came into motorcycles. Yeah, it's awesome. And uh, if we have a, a, a few minutes, if I could mention some channels before we uh, we sign off, that would be, uh, yeah, be awesome it, if you're all right with that. So, you know, I, I apologize to a lot of, uh, a lot of people um, that have sent me stuff, but I just want to give them a, a quick mention. There's, it's a fairly long list here, so I'll kind of run through it real quick, but Ozarks HD riders, um, uh, which is actually out of here in Missouri, um, Harley's diners and rides. They're actually out of, uh, Ontario, Canada, blues heart biker. He's in Fresno, California. We ride West Virginia, um, obviously in West Virginia, the chestnut mountain tin man. He's in Georgia. 
Gliding on twos. He's out of South Carolina. Harley Geezer um, out of Florida. The high-tech redneck, I believe he's out of Minnesota. Uh, Adventure Tomac, he's in Colorado. Our boy, Harley Fatboy Jr., uh, sent me some stuff here, obviously out of Oregon. And uh, another one that has, she sent me stuff, but the mail, I don't know what happened, um, but Wind Road Therapy um, sent me some stuff. And I also do want to say, um, you know, my channel has been greatly supported by a lot of these people as well as this whole community um, at large. I mean, it's just been overwhelming. Like I said, I got started in August, so I'm coming up on five months. I am so grateful for everything and the support everyone show me. And really, you know, there's a couple, three companies actually that have supported the channel. One being Custom Dynamics. Um, they have been awesome as I've gotten the channel um, started. Um, they've supported me. Uh, Volt Heat, which is a heated gear company. Um, I've got some videos out on their stuff. And actually, if you're in the market for heated gear, um, go check out my video. Uh, I got two videos out uh, on a heated jacket liner and some gloves. Um, these guys have great prices. It's good stuff. And there's actually a 20% discount code that I've got in those videos that you can check out. And then actually recently, uh, Saddleman Seats um, is supporting the channel as well. So I just wanted to, to mention those. There's obviously videos on my channel um, that highlight all of these companies. Um, but it is really a, a great community. Um, the YouTube Absolutely sort of moto, moto content, you know, community. I don't, I don't consider myself a moto vlogger. I mean, I've done some of that stuff on the channel and I probably will do a little bit more once the weather gets decent here. But, um, you know, just, I just say moto content in general, because we all kind of do our own thing and have our own different spin on it. And, uh, you know, there, there's the support. Um, there's just a lot of good people in this, in this community. And, and, uh, I just wanted to acknowledge that and, and thank everyone. And also, um, I'm closing in on 500 subs. Um, and I'm going to be doing a custom dynamics giveaway once we hit 500. I think I need like 19 more subs to hit 500. So if you haven't subscribed and you're on here or you hear this later, check out the channel and, uh, hit the subscribe, some like, and, uh, I like to get comments too, because I do like to I respond. I don't know that there's a comment that I haven't responded to, even the ones that are a little, maybe not as supportive, but uh, I try to be, <laughs> try to be positive. <laughs> there you go. So, so. Hey, Rick, man, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on the V Twin Life tonight and, and sharing your story and kind of the backstory of where it started for you. Yep. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, it was fun. And, uh, I wish you all the best with uh, the podcast and I know you're just you. getting started on the YouTube platform. Um, so if you guys haven't subscribed, subscribe uh, to this channel and uh, also give some thumbs up for this. Hopefully. I mean, I'm on it, but you may want to go thumbs down because of that, but for Denver, <laughs> give it a thumbs up. Hey, and if you guys, you, you know, y'all enjoy motorcycles, you can uh, follow us on Instagram at the V twin life underscore podcast. We're on Facebook, just the V twin life. And uh, Hey, you know, if you got some great motorcycle stories, you enjoy this uh, lifestyle that we all do. You can shoot me a message either here at the V twin life at gmail.com or 
Hey, find us on Instagram and Facebook and shoot me a DM and let's talk. So until then, hey, guys, ride safe, have fun. Hey, Rick, thanks for coming on, buddy. You bet. See you guys later. Bye now.